I only got to episode C4. Only. But I have a feeling what's in episode C5, so. And I did not watch the movie. I did not get there. Oh, wow, you are just marathoning the stuff, huh? Well, I I just don't have time. You know, I got stuff that's a lot to watch. Oh, well, who, yeah, who does have the time nowadays? It it turns out that I at least had seen uh, through half of season four, I think. Yeah. I thought I only saw maybe the first two seasons, but I remember more. The trouble was is that Teen Titans was sorting, I guess, getting towards the end when I was sort of starting not at TV anymore. Yeah, yeah, and and fairly sporadic, given that they were only doing 13 episode seasons. You'd see a lot of the repeats of the first couple of seasons, and then they gradually add one or two when each new one came out. Terra at the end, final episode. That is the final episode. 65? Yeah, that is it. That's it. Uh, that, I, think I probably would have been pissed off by that from what I've been told about it. How's it going, Neil? Yeah, it... come on, Neil. No more sandbagging. <laughs> sandbagging? You're going to get destroyed by us. <laughs> <laughs> Aside from you and Ben, I have it's not heard be from anybody. You have no, no idea what's in store for you. Not a clue. <laughs> There's no. I've, I've seen I've your little passive-aggressive like Titans. That's not I've true. I've seen your little passive-aggressive remarks. Either. You have no idea what. I don't know what you're gonna pull because this series is awesome. <laughs> this series is shit. And everybody else is gonna hate you guys. Um, no. Oh, you're gonna look like an ass. Tonight. <laughs> look, 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 look. Like an ass. You're the one starting shit. <laughs> no, you've been dogging me for like a month, and now and now it's time to pay up. because you're not around. I've seen what you're posting on Twitter, and you're done. I don't really think so. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure that uh, the fans probably outweigh the haters. Um, that's not so. You're going to appeal to to add populum. That that's not an argument. Mainly because, well, part of the thing for being a uh, hater is you probably have to have also be comparing it to the comic books. No. Yeah. Not gonna do that tonight. You're that's done. That's not even going to be in your arsenal. Good. So because give I've it up. read the comics, so that's I would. I don't give a shit about the comics. Okay. Give it up. I don't care about the comics, so it's not an issue. <laughs> so we're Good. just gonna compare this to itself, as and somehow this is just or, nope. or other shows that were on at the time. No, we no. be able to compare it to something. We're gonna compare it to. We're gonna compare it to other animated programs, not necessarily American, not necessarily Japanese, just other things that's in just. Well, can we get started so that we don't, like, miss an opportunity for content? Well, this is all recording, so don't worry about that. We always have a little bit of a pre-roll first, and then we roll then we roll an ad, and then we start the show. That's how it goes. The Webcast Beacon Network has been covering and promoting creativity and the creative process since 2007 starting with the Webcomic Beacon, a topical webcomics podcast with a jovial bunch of misfits like your local morning radio show. Also, the Webcomic Beacon newscast recaps, reviews, and discussions of community and industry news relative to comic creators, especially of digital distribution. Also, the Tropecast, the ever-tangential discussion of literary and visual memes. And finally, Web Fiction World. Before webcomics, there was independent and self-published web-released written fiction and literature. Find this all at webcastbeacon.com. Be sure to grab a master RSS feed or master iTunes feed and not miss a thing. 
Hello and welcome again to Animation Aficionados. Uh, this is part of our series, The Guests Fight Back. Uh, I'm your host, Ben, and we're joined by my co-host, TV's Mr. Neil. They don't look like Presbyterians to me. And we have with us from the webcast beacon, Fezworks. You'll never take me alive! And we have with us uh, another Ben, uh, artist of the webcomic Peter is the Wolf. So what, geekdom is just uh, inescapable if your name is Ben or something? Is, is that what we're going for? Oh. Yes. So <laughs> We're trapped, doomed, and from tonight, day one. And tonight we are going to be talking about uh, uh, Teen Titans, the show that we just love to hate on this podcast. And uh, we we did we did do a Teen Titans episode earlier in when we did the DC uh, Apocrypha uh, last year. And uh, I don't know if Fez had a chance to listen to that episode, nope. but uh, he has not. So uh, he's going in fresh. And uh, well, we're going to do something very similar to what we did with the Crap Man episode. <coughs> we're we're going to let Fez like talk about why he thinks we're wrong and about why this show is great. And then Neil's going to respond. I'm not going to say a thing. And then after Neil's done, uh, then no. I will get it. What? Did you just say you're not going to say a thing? I find that hard to believe. I did this before, didn't I, Neil? <coughs> oh, yeah. And after Neil done with his piece, well, we'll give five minutes apiece for them, and then I'll come on, and then it's going to be a free-for-all. Got it? Well, okay. let's try not to kill each other by yelling over people while they're trying to make points. That's why I have the rules about people being silent for five minutes, five minutes, five minutes. Got it? Yeah, but if it ends up being a free-for-all. Uh, let's get started. Okay, uh, Fez, you got to have five minutes, not a second more. Tell us why you think this show is great and why me and Neil and probably the rest of the uh, people that we know are wrong because it is more than just me and Neil to hate Teen Titans. Go. All right. Um, well, for one thing, it is a, it is a great animation because uh, a lot of cartoons at the time, they just really weren't up to par. They were, they're usually played to the lowest, lowest common denominator with simple uh, animation. There were, there were a, uh, certainly a handful, especially from uh, the DC Comics universe as far as cartoons go. And this is also during the time when uh animation, so to speak, was really starting to get popular. It was airing on the then-popular William Street Toonami. And uh, let's see here. Um, well, the thing about it, it, it is a children's show. It was originally marketed to children. It's, you know, Teen Titans, you know, teens is, teen is in the name, so it's obviously marketed to pre-teens. Um, uh, again, we're not going to be connecting this to the comic book at all because I've never read the comics as far as these characters are concerned. But you have, you know, it's it's essentially a, a lot of typical cartoon tropes thrown together, of course, because that's just what's going to happen when you have a children's show. That's just going to happen. But where it excels is in the characterization of all the different titans. Um, I mean, you got a team, you got you got a, a superhero team, so you got obviously got to have have to have a little bit of everything. Um, and especially since it is, it was originally geared towards children. It's 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 a little bit more simplified, of course, because um, by that those early ages, you're not going to have been seeing as many things uh, uh, as far as stuff. So that's why children's programming is usually a little bit simplified as far as the writing goes, um, just because they don't need to. And this is a and you can't and you can't really flag Teen Titans itself for writing like a children's show. Because that's well, the a, thing is, is it never really did talk. Okay, sorry. Um, because that is that is a, that is a problem with children's shows in general. So to attack that okay. issue, you have to attack children's shows in general. Now, if I could uh, jump to like say something like uh, My Little Pony for just a moment, um, 
the show, while awesome, it still has a lot of writing faults, especially when it comes to continuity issues. Does that make it any less enjoyable of a show? No. Uh, same thing with Teen Titans. Uh, the writing, especially in the earlier seasons, I have to say, I, I, I couldn't track where the show was going as much when you get into season three i was starting to see okay they're gonna be doing this type of episode this type of episode you know the typical more tropey ones um and that's um usually a fault of just you know cartoon shows usually evolve over time after the first or second season uh sometimes the art will be a little bit more rushed so it can be a little bit more simplified less shadows things like that quicker animation um teen titans held up fairly well though the art did get a little bit looser as the show went on of course and uh but the it was also a very unique show visually you have a cross between western and eastern so to speak animation and i think that was a big draw for a lot of people because it was like it wasn't super serious all the time it was something different it bounced around certainly there was some hate for it because of the style but it was also what really individualized and uh, and again, as the series go went on, it got a lot more serious with less funny shows, but they were still, you know, silly shows, but they were still there. The uh, <clears throat> the uh, and that's that happens with like a lot of children's programming where usually take it, it usually goes to one of two ways, an extremely silly way like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles did. Um, or skews into a more serious sort of atmosphere, or it may just go back and forth if it's on the air for too long, like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles did. Um, and that's your five minutes, Fez. There we go. Okay. Is it my turn? Yes, it is, Neil. Okay. Well, like I said at the top of the show, connections with the original comic, you guys are leaving it out, but I'm, I'm just going to say it again. I don't care. So that's out of the way. Uh, Teen Titans, the animation really isn't up to par with other animation. Uh, one of the big problems I had with it is that they kept doing these freeze frame type action shots where, you know, someone will do an uppercut and they'll just like have the uppercut frozen, the guy falling back, he's frozen, and then they'll just slide the, like the, they're not really cells because they're uh, digitally animated, but they'll just kind of like slide one uh, against the other and that that's like their whole animation. Uh, the problem with that is that that's usually the time that other animators would use to draw something a little more interesting. Uh, back in the old days, Bob McKimson would do that, uh, like with Duck Tracy. Uh, Daffy walks into a room full of Dick Tracy characters, and he's like, and he's announcing all the characters that are in the room. And as he's doing that, it's like shooting the quick shots of like all of these, all these silly drawings that were just—they're not animated, and it's a cost-cutting measure. But they're using it as, as a as a way to do something interesting other than just uh, cutting costs. Uh, so yeah, I don't, I don't think that's, I don't think that's up to par. I think that's below par uh, about the characters. Uh, well, first of all, oversimplifying things, uh, simplifying it for the sake of being a children's show. Uh, there are other children's shows that don't do that. Uh, one would be Batman, the other, the animated series. Another one would be Avatar. Um, Slade I'm going to go with Ben's argument. He's basically the shredder. He has no motivation at any point. Uh, he claims to have a plan that never materializes. He dies without any uh, resolution with his issues with Robin. It wasn't even as though he started weak and got stronger. They they just never had a plan for the guy, and they just abandoned him at, what, the end of season two, I think. Cyborg, uh, not a very interesting character. Seems to exist purely to play off of Robin and Beast Boy. The... I don't have a real big issue with him, but uh, the one thing that 
that bothered me in the show, and this is just one episode, is that he's he was uh, he had an he had an episode where he, he had his own Titans team, and he was he was up against Brother Blood, and Brother Blood's just tearing him apart. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, Cyborg gets this power to regenerate himself by pulling parts off of other robots. <laughs> <laughs> that never comes up again, and it was never established. And it's just it's indicative of the show where the characters just have have powers to resolve whatever the plot throws at them. And Beast Boy, he's kind of the butt monkey of the show. I don't have a super problem with him. I'm not going to waste a lot of time on him because I only have five minutes. Raven, also don't have much of a problem with it. She has cool powers. I know she's nothing like what she is in the comic, but again, I don't care. Uh, she has the only real story arc in the series. I like that. Uh, hints are made early on that she's a troubled character, and they, they actually developed that, unlike what they did with Slade. Um, but the one episode where Slade comes back and gives her her birthmark, you know, for for an, a cartoon based on uh, uh, directed at kids, you know that that episode was a little rapetastic, I think. Um, Starfire uh, again, character from the comics, she was kind of drawn to be slutty, and I don't care. She's not. She's not. She was never as iconic as say Wonder Woman, so I don't care that they completely overhauled her. Uh, I, I actually appreciate that because i think she has much more appeal as this innocent sweet character but uh the problem with that again is that well first of all they have this episode that explains her origins and in that episode she's this she's this hyper confident homicidal killing machine upon arriving on earth (laughs) and for the course of like 10 minutes she's she's dumbed down to this naive little girl who's just who just like totes totes at Robin's heels and and just worships the ground he walks on, and that leads to my final problem, which is Robin. Robin is the worst character in the show. He is an overpowered brat who has no redeeming qualities whatsoever. They make him so overpowered where he's the only character that has no superpowers whatsoever, and yet he takes down characters not even Cyborg and Starfire. He's he's abusive toward his friends. Uh, he makes Starfire the worst character by proxy just because of how tragic she is as a result uh, because she defends him and she com- and Robin just completely abuses her throughout the show. Even when he becomes Red X and it's clear that he's attacking his own teammate, she's like, I won't believe it. And Robin, another episode is Robin's hallucinating and he thinks he's seeing Slade and she's like, I tried to see Slade. Really? I did. It just makes her look like an idiot. And it, it takes away from this from the sweet charm that she should have, and it that that really bothered me. And this is a this is a cartoon aimed at kids, and it's it's like, and it has the two primary characters. It's like an abusive relationship. It is uh, now. It's my turn. Okay, go for it. I, one one question. I just want to um, what after we go through our five minutes things, can we have a little bit more structure of? Uh, like like approaching each character as an open forum. We can yes, but okay. uh, let me let me have my five minutes. I just wanted to ask. Well, obviously, this show has is is nothing related to any of the past the properties except for bare visual and character uh, relationships. And but you know what, you could do great things with that, or you could do terrible things with that. And I think this is one of the cases where they do a terrible thing with it. Uh, some history: this show was produced. You know, the, the guy who greenlit the show, produced the sh- executive produced the show, was also the vice president of Cartoon Network, Sam Register. 
and uh, this show got five seasons. Uh, what you don't might not know is the first two seasons were greenlit by him when the show was greenlit, and then after that, he got, he gave the, his own show another three-season renewal. So any arguments that uh, that there was a direct relationship between between what was going on and what he was... Because this is the guy who also greenlit and gave three seasons to High High Puffy on the Yumi show, so <laughs> I don't want to hear it. So Sam Register was like the... Uh, uh, the you know, was like one of the worst executive produ- executive producers and vice presidents that Cartoon Network has ever had. He's he's like uh, he's like their Jamie Kilner. <laughs> so, and this show really is terrible because the animation, the frame rate is is at an abysmal rate. It's uh, and there's lots of there's lots of things where these animators can't handle secondary motions. A secondary motion is where you have a main motion on the screen and a character is doing something secondary which shows a little bit of the character's being alive. And this show has none of that. This this show is like these animators can't chew bubble gum and walk at the same time. And the the frame rate's abysmal. I mean, I swear that that Powerpuff Girls has a higher frame rate than an episode of uh, Teen Titans. And I I can guarantee you I'm right. And this show is is just painful because Robin is an asshole. How can anyone watch this show and not notice the Robin-sized problem this show has? The character's an asshole. The writers wink off to him. The writers make the other characters wink off to him. There's this episode where Robin goes training in, in one of the most stereotypical martial arts movie bullshit things ever, and all the other characters dress up in this costume talk about how they wish they were as cool as Robin when they have much better powers than he does. <laughs> this is like... What the- <laughs> This is like one of the worst shows I've ever seen. It's just basically this Robin Wayne. As, as Mike Blanchard said, there's, there's, only one, there's only one goddamn Batman. There is no goddamn Robin. <laughs> you hit the nail on the head right Mute now. Mute your mic, please, if you're going to do that. Okay, I think I'm going to just let my five minutes go up here. Let's start with the biggest problem with the show, Robin. And Robin is an asshole. There's no denying it. You, you can't not... See the the assholiness of this Robin character. This is the worst Robin ever. And but the writers wink off to him. There's scenes in this show where where the super strong cyborg and the alien warrior princess can can punch a stone golem, and he just like I'm gonna shrug this off. And then the little seventy pound dripping wet uh, skinny little teenage martial arts artist kicks him in the head, and he goes down like he's made of tissue paper. Come on, Neil. Oh, I agree. I- that's what I was referring to. He, he he's he's the only character without any powers, and yet he's he's like the most competent fighter of them all. And I just I don't buy that. Is Ben gonna get five minutes? That was my I, five minutes. No, the I, other Ben. No, no. Do you do you want five minutes? Do you want five uh, minutes? I don't think I really need five minutes uh, if we're gonna go into free for all mode after this. <laughs> well, I, I wanted to, I wanted to uh, talk directly to some of the points that were brought up by you guys. Okay, you can. <clears throat> Uh, first off, I do concede that Robin is a bit OP for this, but the the flip side of that is the reason a bit. that the reason for that is likely because nobody know no anybody watching TV during this time only knows who the fuck Robin. Can I swear? Yes. Oh, go ahead. only knows who the fuck Robin is and doesn't know don't know any of these other characters. So they were and, and of course with you know the Batman and the animated series they needed some sort of figure like that for you know other audiences to try to latch on to. So you can. Tell you can understand the reasons why they made Robin to be the way Robin is. No, is, is he? A, um, you can see why they did that. I'm not saying that they they were great decisions. I'm just saying that's why they did it. Does it make him uh, a great character? 
no, not a great character, but he still works with the dynamics of the team. Yes, he is overpowered. I will concede to that. As far as um, a lot of the issues that you guys are bringing up mostly came after season two. And that's where I was starting to say the writing was starting to weaken a little. Um, season one, episode one, uh, divided the, you know, no, divide conquer. Like, you have you had the cinder block scene in the first two minutes. No, I'm, I'm talking about. Okay. Yeah, the episode where you talk about uh, Cyborg and that it Cyborg's soul and shit. Yeah, that was a, a bullshit moment. I agree with that. Um, again, that's happened after season two, where a lot of weaker storylines were starting to go in. Um, Starfire's origin, yeah, that comes revealed later. I do agree that that was kind of stupid as well. Um, but we're starting to just nitpick certain storylines, and this isn't nitpick. This this is this is the this is the actual fabric. It's it... the continuity error at that point. Um, and you can also uh, reason a few of these, of course, but I'm not going to go into that. Also, Slade does have a fucking plan. Okay, what's his plan? take over the fucking world okay and how is he gonna super villain plan okay and how is he gonna do that by stealing three 1982 is calling they want the super villain back cobra commander i think they they really didn't give him much of a master plan because the character that he is deathstroke the terminator which honestly i do like the name change there because deathstroke the terminator is just like overcompensating a bit but the main (laughs) but but the uh hit slade slade in the comic books who he's based on doesn't really, or Deathstroke doesn't really have a. He's more of just a hitman. He's a super powered, or he's a he's a. Um, well, I guess what he's kind of like an XP of Captain America as an evil hitman or a slash assassin. So big game style plans are are rarely ever his. Well, now con- attempting to control the um, the uh, organized crime within the city, which also has a. Apparently, an, a bunch of other loony supervillains running around, like Killer Moth. Oh, one um, second, one second. Where was he ever trying to control the mob? Because this is, was not in season one, season two, or any seasons I, Blade was alive. Well, you got to start off with um, trying to control a uh, control a city. I mean, um, that, Excel Saga taught us this. Okay, small, first, first of all, then first work out of, to control the world. But really, uh, I, I don't think there was a need for him. I, I honestly don't think there was a need for him to honestly have a plan other than trying to bring Robin into his particular fold, his right, particular right. whatever organization he had. Okay, let me let me let me but stop they, you here. Let me stop you here by let me stop you here by saying one thing. Um, uh, Cobra had a more structured plan in organization than this because Cobra at least had an economic theory behind it with with the uh, <laughs> with, with with the Cobra twins and uh, and uh, and uh, you know and uh, you know Destro is spending, don't forget Destro yeah 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 Destro's the the arms dealer at least they had like this this academic economic theory about how Cobra has even, money and even money. though and even though the goal was kind of silly don't forget cold slither <laughs> yeah I have no idea what you guys are talking about. Well, oh, they're kind of a uh, cobra going but, all insane clown posse. Okay, well, what what it is is, uh, and also to correct you about Robin is uh, is okay. The whole thing about the only reason they pumped up Robin, according to you, is because he's the most recognized character. Uh, flaws with that. Some big flaws with that. Um, okay, uh, here here's the biggest flaw in my mind. Uh, there's a, there was a show on Nickelodeon at the time. It was around that time. The Avatar: The Last Airbender. No one heard of Aang, the Airbender. The last Airbender, and then all of a sudden that show had six million viewers. I, I have a couple of objections myself. Uh, if you're going to be introducing characters that are basically new to everyone, you don't introduce them by by uh, making them job to to Robin. And, uh, <laughs> a wrestling reference, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, actually, actually, and, now I'm wondering, what do you guys think of um, Batman: Brave and the Bold? Don't watch it. 
I really haven't watched it. But uh, another example is, uh, is, is is Neil's absolutely right, and the, the Bruce Tim team with uh, Justice League did the right thing when they had, uh, you know, no one knew who, who Hawk Girl was, and then all of a sudden everyone loved Hawk Girl. So there you go. It's it be, because you know, you know, Batman had moments of weakness in, in season one of Justice League, and and that played to him. And uh, and Hawker was this kick-ass character that the average person wouldn't know. And then all of a sudden, you know, because she got to kick so much ass, she, she wasn't just in the sidelines. You know, everyone loved Hawker. Am I right, Neil? Right. Another thing about Slade is that. Um... His plan, they played it up like it was going to be this big revelation. I remember specific uh, exchanges between Robin and Slade where Robin's like, what's your plan? And Slade's like, you'll find out. And it's already clear that he wants Robin as part of his plan. But if the big revelation is that he wants to take over the world, big whoop. I mean, that's that's not that's not much of a, that's not really a, an oh shit moment. That's like, oh, this guy's Skeletor. <laughs> not even Skeletor. He's not well, even... he does whip off his mask uh, later on, and there's a skull underneath. <laughs> well, okay, let, let's get back to it. Let's get back to uh, the other things. It looks like we've lost Fez, but uh, I imagine he'll be back in a second. I imagine Honestly, dude, I, one of the funniest things, the reason why I was cracking up so hard was because when you guys started complaining about how overpowered and compared to people with actual superpowers that Robin is. Yeah. It, it it sounded like a lot of complaint when people complain about Batman. <laughs> it literally, it, it, given that he trained under Batman, it, wow, that it suddenly makes actually so much sense. As you're complaining, you're explaining well, why it, it's like but that. The, I, I do <laughs> complain about certain incarnations of Batman where that does happen. We complained about two of the the DC animated movies where that happened. Yeah. So I don't I don't really accept that from Batman either. Um, Neither of us do. I mean, Batman against an army of doomsdays with a fucking axe. What the hell? Yeah. It, it, so you're not going to get this here. It's I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is a no sale. We you can't you can't say oh. It, no, no, I'm, so, I'm not trying to. Just, I'm yeah. not trying to sell you on on it with through that. I mean I, I'm just okay. So, but so another thing, another thing. Like I said, well, let's just stay with Robin for a while because his assholiness is just so huge. It's the thing is he is he is actually he is actually a sociopath. He actually is honestly honest to goodness a sociopath. I, I can't understand how anyone could just excuse him. And this is a show for kids. Yeah, he he is he is actually a... theoretically teenagers and teenagers um, because they were doing the because also at the same time they were getting into they were phasing out the bar. Oh. Yeah, I'm just okay. okay it's, just, uh, it's, it's okay. Okay, Fez is back. Oh, okay, um, hello. But, um, what, what I was gonna okay lost my train of thought. Uh, regain reboarding the station. Um, at the same time, you were also looking at from Warner Brothers animation um, or the DC, you know, tie-in animations was things like the uh, the Justice League Unlimited was just about to was just starting up while Batman the Animated Series and Superman, which have become gradually, gradually more adult, were winding down. Gradually more adult. Have you seen on Leather Wings the first broadcast episode of Batman the Animated Series? I'm sorry, gradually become adult. Wrong. Well, yeah, I've got the whole. I've got the whole uh, series on. But, uh, but while we're but on I, the very brief topic of DCAU, Bruce Tim, all that. More mature. Uh, 30 seconds, I'm going to just spend right here by just saying two things. Bruce Tim is listed as executive producer for season one Teen Titans, and I will tell you right now what his actual contribution to the show was. He was, in the, he was in the room for two minutes. He said, you should make Deathstroke like an evil Batman. Excuse me, guys, I have to go in the other room now. And uh, the second thing is... 
Teen Titans is not in the DCAU continuity. I, I, I just have to say that out loud yeah. because some people really they, think it is. It's structured in a semi-separate continuity because – or Semi-separate? A, it is. A couple, a couple of nods to Robin having trained with Batman and the like, mainly because it was Batman, different not studios and, or different animation groups. And, of course, um, there were the Justice League Unlimited was going to – I'm not sure if is that a straight continuity with Batman and Superman? Yes, no, it is. It's it's is I got a question. Who cares? Who cares if it's in the same continuity with a different show? We're talking about this show. Because you asked the question and so then I guess also becomes how does the comedy from the series work? It doesn't okay, work very well. I want to I, I thought it was funny. I found a lot of stuff in it hilarious. Okay, Fez, you wanted to say something? I want to say something. Yeah, somebody brought up, like, uh, Avatar The Last Airbender. Yeah, that wasn't starting until, like, towards the end of Teen Titans' run, when Teen Titans' was writing was starting to get weaker. So you don't, 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 first off, don't give me Avatar The Last Airbender, because I actually had a lot of money behind it, for one. Two! Uh, executive two, Vice President of Cartoon oh, Network backing the show. I don't want to hear it. Two! Neil was bringing up the old Looney Tunes cartoons. Yes, Looney Tunes didn't come out regularly. They had more time to sit there and make painted backgrounds. You compare cartoons made for mass consumption to... Objection. Or even, or even with the um, animated ser- Batman the Animated Series that a lot of people love so much with their style of artwork. Well, they were also doing the artwork through different studios. Often you could tell when a different... Uh, <sighs> so was Teen Titans! Teen Titans went Let through me jump- six studios! <laughs> Let me jump in here again. Uh... I was merely I was merely uh, comparing it to to a technique of where they could do something that that would uh, be cost saving. They don't even have to ship stuff like that over to other studios when they're just doing a background painting. They can do that in studio. And besides, when we're talking about modern cartoons, uh, Ren and Stimpy was doing that like ten years before Teen Titans. So don't give me that. Yeah, but the majority of their shows are painted backgrounds. They don't really do a whole lot of go a whole lot of places. And then when they do, it's if, if some action is really happening, it goes to a, a sort of vacant, artsy, splash colored of a sorts background versus that. That's an entirely different beast. It's not like there's like super uh, fights going on. They, there's large matte paintings in that show and they just zoom around on parts of it. You can't do the same thing with a superhero comic that's supposed to have a lot more action. Yes, I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you that the action is very uh simplified. Simplified, um, it's not existing. Most of the times when they show a fight scene, it is still framed with with the with what would be cells sliding against each other, but it's all done digital now, so it's just it's just like flash. You could do the same effect in flash. In fact, I I can do the same thing while I'm talking to you in flash. Speed lines are nothing new, it's still I'm not talking about speed lines. I'm talking about the actual hits i'm talking about where they show a fist going up and another guy like sliding back but it's not showing yes, any perspective I concede, but I, I concede the artwork is not perfect or great by any standards it still did the job i would argue um, the thing is with the thing the thing is with the still shots doing that that also happens a lot in anime yeah uh, yeah but anime also does it more interesting than that where they where they take the time to actually draw more interesting panels and than just drawing the same right. land character design. Yeah, it's not like they ever like have like a static shot of a character and just you know move the mouth and then pan. You know, it's not like they ever you know the more you know the very. They actually have. I've seen episodes where <laughs> they have done this. And yeah, they... it's such a broad stroke you're saying here, though. It, it, there's there's as much variety in Eastern art 
Eastern animation, so to speak, versus Western animation. Um, you, you can't really just you know sweep. A I'm not comparing Eastern kind of... versus Western. You're the guys who brought it up. Yeah, yeah. It, the show <laughs> itself is a mix of Eastern and Western uh, animation techniques. You know, it's, it's most it's mostly what what the show is is a bunch of is, is a bunch of uh, people in in. California watching certain anime saying, "Oh, we should do an episode where we where we do a spoof of uh, of Furi FL Kuri. Uh, Furi, Furi but we won't have that beautiful Gainax style animation. We'll just have this animation where we basically where it looks like something that could be done in in Macromedia Flash. We're not even going to pay well, for Adobe Flash. Well, I'll say this: Gainax makes it a point to destroy their own budget anyway, so <laughs> they'll do it even even if they don't have the budget, and then they'll have sock puppets in the next episode." Or they'll have that one minute pan- of one uh, frame with music playing over it. Well, another example, and the, the thing is, you know, the whole the whole argument about you know Batman animated series having been sent to different studios. Teen Titans went through four studios, and uh, Dong Wu, Lotto, DR Movie, and Don Yang did actually a part of an episode. So, so the whole argument about different studios. I mean, the funny thing is, DR Movie is actually almost as good as TMS, and DR Movie did an episode in. The episode actually was like really dumbed down for for a DR movie. I'm like, DR movie did this? This this looks like a Don Wu episode. It, I, I have no idea what you're talking about. The animation studios. studios. Like how like if you remember uh, the old Batman the animated series, they'd have a one episode would be like everything was just insanely fluid or gorgeous, and then another episode it would be a little bit choppier. Yeah, or, another, or, or even worse, a, a series of even worse for that, Gargoyles, the animated series. Yeah, one episode would be TMS, the other would be ACOM. That that happened all the time. Oh. Back then. But I, uh, I do remember seeing, uh, you know, th- this was, it, it was common in a lot of TV sh- uh, cartoon shows at this time, and earlier, and now, where, you know, you just, well, maybe not as so much now, because I, I haven't been paying attention, because um, I don't have TV anymore, but, uh, you know, where you'll have, like, the better episodes, uh, where there's a little bit more uh better animation shading uh continuity and in frame changes uh where the cell of a character doesn't jump around for a split uh frame because it didn't go back and correct it uh sort of thing this is notoriously worse in the 80s course um even in batman the animated series there were some episodes and scenes where it was like they didn't quite do a good enough job And, and this is just this is you can't attack a single show about this. This just did happen. Hey, I'm not going to accept that. There, because because Bruce Tim was the master of of getting bad good results from bad studios. I mean, I mean Don Yang was a cheapo studio, and Bruce Tim was able to get TMS level results. I mean, uh, and there and there was a completely different reason why they had such problems with that back in the 80s because they didn't have the uh, digital uh, techniques to take take stuff like that out back then. They just had to deal with it if they ran out of budget. Not, not, to, not to mention, see, the difference is the difference is someone high above can actually go and call these studios overseas and said, you did this wrong, do it again. And lots of these shows in the 90s, they had people who didn't do that. They're like, oh, just air it anyways. But uh, like I said, uh, Warner Brothers was notorious, especially with Bruce Tim as as executive producer of these other shows, was notorious of he sent shit back. He sent shit back to TMS. But, uh, but uh, you know, Teen Titans, Glenn Murakami's baby, Glenn never sent stuff back. Yeah, Glenn, Glenn's a very timid man, and uh, you could tell because you listen to some of the commentary tracks with Glenn Murakami in the room with Bruce Tim and Paul Dini and, and Alan Burnett. Those guys make fun of the guy in his face, and he's just he, – he, he's just he – just, He's just silent, and I'm just waiting for that one track where he finally gets fed up and he pulls a, you know, he he, he pulls a Sean Astin's like, you guys are assholes, and walks out. 
just like Sean Astin did on Goonies uh, commentary track. Well, I had spent the past month watching Teen Titans on YouTube, and despite the low quality of the D- 360p that I've been watching it, and obviously their TV caps, um, the animation's a lot better than I remember it. And there were certainly other other uh, cartoon shows at its time that were worse than this. And and of course, did the animation do its job of what it was supposed to do and tell us uh, do storytelling or be uh, create basically comedy? Uh, because a lot of the times when they would jump to the sort of anime style, it would be mostly for the the silly parts, the things that are supposed to be jokes and funny. And I would argue that in spite of whatever flaws you'll you'll pick here and there about the, the animation, it did its job. And I thought it did its job fairly well. Especially for a children's show. Uh, I'm not going to... See, that's the thing. I want that taken away from your vocabulary. Uh, uh, Beloved animator and animation god, Brad Bird, thinks that the whole children's show mantra is is harmful to the to the uh, medium and i agree with them you don't you, you, the you animation can't... age shadow as it's known no and i i under i understand that and it still happens you know and and that's a that's a fault of the industry in it of itself no it's the fault of the fans it's the fault of the industry the fans don't have much of a choice now the do... fans can say no you know that doesn't happen you can't you you it's in the in, the fans can't do much about it and the industry's just going to have to give it to them anyway and i don't want to bring this up into this is obviously going to get into politics and, and bureaucracy and no, we're not getting into politics if you want to bring up politics that's your own thing if we want to have an ep- a different episode to talk about children's programming go ahead and do that but i'm just saying as you have to look at teen titans it was where it was it was lumped in that children's programming category it was a children's show then how come they had that rapetastic Raven episode? That's yeah, what came later. At, like, as I was saying earlier, a lot of but, times the show, uh, children's shows, as they would go on in the years, usually after the first or second season, you tend to split off into either a more sillier uh, direction or a more serious direction overall. And this, in the later seasons, it did go more serious. When you're talking about that, that particular scene, yes, it was a little bit more disturbing. And that's when you can even look it up on Wikipedia. They had decided to go to the more uh, older, older uh, ages at that point. Well, also, the problem. The problem. Likewise, with that... part, another part of it was that I mean, all of us admit to not really reading all the comics. And I did. Good port. Or, oh, you did? Yeah, it's, we had Marv Wolfman on the show. Oh, okay. Well, a good portion of those of the stories from the series were based on the um the old comics, right? Very or loosely, I might add. Le- le- very yeah. loosely, I might. Oh, yeah. Add. Bring up Tara. Well, Tara, but, uh, Tara, Tara. It's uh, as Marvel as Marvelman himself said in the comics. Tara was the anti Kitty Pride, and uh, in Kitty Pride, Kitty Pride, fire. Uh, okay. <laughs> Fired. Good night, everybody. <laughs> anyways, uh, anyways, the whole idea of the co- of the comic book terror personality is, and I'm, this is a very quick segue, is it's a completely irredeemable character, and that was what was so interesting about that storyline. And because there were there were traitor subplots before, and there were traitor subplots after. Mm-hmm. Traitor subplots is a big thing whenever you do have a team story. I mean, X Men had there was tra- a traitor sub. There was a traitor subplot in in. Uh, I keep thinking Super Friends, not Super Friends. Justice League. It was done around at the same time. It was done better. It was done better because they took a risk. The problem with the Terra Traitor subplot in Teen Titans is this. One episode, she's introduced. One episode, she joins the team. The very next episode, she's on the team. She betrays the team. Uh, They didn't have a whole season with her on the team because they wanted to play it safe. Because they didn't want to offend anybody that might actually like her too much and have her on the whole 
a Are you whole season. Her first appearance or her second appearance? I'm talking about the actual time she is on the actual team. So you're talking not, about the first not, appearance. She didn't join the team in the first appearance. She wasn't. The first appearance she was training with them. Okay, also, you have to remember, these are fucking teenagers. And if you really pay attention, they are acting like fucking teenagers, especially Tara. I'm not talking about... I'm not talking, I'm talking about the, 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 writers, the writers afraid of making the viewers create too much of a relationship with a character that they, that they didn't have her in a team for a whole season. They had her in a team for one whole episode before she betrays the team. That's what I'm talking about. They, they were too afraid to take that risk. She had a five-episode story arc when she came back a second time. It was five Here. episodes. But in the third, first episode of that arc, she betrays the team. I, I'm sorry. The, the whole episode. It was the third episode. In no, which... no, the first episode after she's joined the team, she betrays the team. Check the check the listing again. She's a double agent at that point. Duh, she's technically betraying okay. them, but they don't know it until the third episode. The it... point is the viewers aren't given a chance to build that relationship with the character because the writers were too pussy to have her on the team for a whole season. Oh, we yeah, they didn't build up the story. That's the reasons why and i was paying attention to that arc because i love tara she's awesome and the thing is she is acting like a teen teens act like this says, i'm gonna i'm gonna confront you here right now in part of the writing no 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 you're you're, you're missing the point you're missing the point i'm gonna confront you right here right now i think part of that is also just the budgetary you no, it's not. At, they, had the they have the time episodes. for 13 they, episodes they had, per season they had the same number of episodes they could have easily had her join the team in the first episode of the season had a betrayal in the second to last episode of the season and have her in the team interacting with the team, playing with the team the whole season, it, but they were too afraid, the writers, to have the viewers build too much of a relationship with her just to have them betray the team. That's what happened. Let they me ask you really bad enough, enough that much for her to do as a team member. They yeah. had, they, she was only a team if, member. If you're only going to give her really a couple of minutes of screen time per episode or... That's the thing. The writers weren't comfortable. Were two things. They were they they didn't want to have the viewers create too much of a relationship with her because they were afraid of backlash, and they didn't know how to how to add someone new into the dynamic for multiple episodes. The two. Can I throw in something here? Uh, uh, just saying that that they didn't have enough time to build her up. Like they didn't have, like there were budgetary reasons. That could also be the case. But, you know, watching these episodes again, that's not really a reason to like the episodes. It still comes off as a very hurried story. And safe. I can't I can't I can't use that argument to say, okay, now I can enjoy it. It's still something that I'm not going to like. And also it's very safe. You ha- gee, someone's gonna betray the team. Oh gee, is it gonna be the person who just joined the team? Safest trader subplot ever. Like like I said at the beginning, you know, Green Ranger style. There's a there's a lot of tropes in this show. Um, but here's the thing: uh, a lot of people wanted Terra to be redeemable, and 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 you know, when you when you're a teenager at that age with the problems that you know a, a meta human is going to have, you know, that just amps up. You know, you, you see this trope in in tons of of teen superheroes. Yeah, another thing I want to add is the whole Slade saying "back off." I saw her first came off as a little rapetastic. Am I right, guys? Well, if you like to project, that's fine. Um, but... The fact that the fact that the Deathstroke slept with her in the comics sort of helped. That. Yeah, that's what okay, I was going to say. Yeah. There was a creepy, creepy. For uh, the for the people who actually seen the comics, it makes it really creepy. Yeah, obviously they can't do this on tsunami, okay? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm saying if if this history if this is history that actually exists and they write it that way anyways, 
that you know the writers are conscious of it and they write it anyways. That's what I'm saying. You have to also understand, while I'm not going to directly compare the comic books, you also have to understand these people probably also wanted to you know, somewhat follow the comics in just a bit, at least. Of course, there's always going to be a, a loss in adaptation or things they just can't do. I mean, comic books get away with a lot of shit that wouldn't, that would not, that does not fly on TV during those time slots because of who the audience is at those times and what the, you know, the commercials they need to sell. There's a lot it, more dynamics they have to go into whether or not they can do certain content. So they usually throw in little bits here and there to insinuate that for an older audience that would get it. Versus a, a younger audience that it would just kind of go over their head. It's like, yeah, of course he saw he saw her first. He was watching them, blah blah blah. You know, this is what happens with kids that watch these shows. They don't get all these references. Uh, but if you're older, yeah, you're gonna get the references. And there, and it was nice of them to throw a little bit of a lot of the comic in there for all the various parts that they do. Obviously, they can't quote exactly. Otherwise, what would the point? But when you have a, a character like this, it's like. Yeah, you would probably have to deal with uh, fans of the cartoon feeling a little bit betrayed um, if they had Tara in for a whole season and everything was all cool and hunky-dory if you didn't know that she was working for Slade. Um, it, it, would, it would come completely out of left field, especially when you only get 13 episodes a year versus, say, a monthly comic that, you know, it's a little bit more frequent. One, on one, word, one, one, yeah, I mean, one, one word, one name. One word, one name. Hawk Girl. Also, as someone who okay. just never read the comics, what's the reference? Um, he's he's referring to Justice League, but yeah, from like my own girl. experience, as someone who has never read the comics at all, um, where the references really don't mean anything to me, the storyline just seems rushed because it's literally just two episodes. Where she, I know she appears in more than two episodes, but she comes in on one episode and then she turns heel in the next one, and it's like, wow, that was really uninteresting. This is not a story arc. This is. A two-part episode and, and like i said it's 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 a very safe way to do it the only the only way you can create look the only way you can create interesting thought with your viewers the only way you can create dialogue with your viewers is if you shock them if, if you if you make them talk with each other with everyone else if you have something that requires no thought no dialogue it, it's just oh here it is it, it, it's nothing if you if you create this shocking traitor subplot like uh like Justice League did with Hawkgirl, where they had a whole se- se- two whole seasons with her on the team, and the, oh, she's a traitor. That created risk. That created a lot of backlash. But in the end, the series is much better praised for it. But she was a. But she was um, originally a member of the JLA from the start, right? In yes, the- she was. But the thing is, like I said, that's what makes it shocking. And. And that's and that's the thing is in the original comics, Tara was a later add-on, wasn't she? Yes, she was. But the but the, you so have to what remember. we're also looking at is also the need to balance out how many Tara episodes can you fit in versus how many episodes do you want to concentrate Not Tara on the episodes, character, just episodes like a Raven the... episode or a Beast Boy episode or a Robin or a, a um, Starfire episode. They're all Robin episodes. But uh, anyways, <laughs> the point that you're missing is that Neil and I have been trying to say is if they actually had Tara. Not not as her own, every episode of a season, her own episode. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying she, her on the team, actively going on missions with the team, talking with the team, interacting with the team. That would have been a risk, and that might have made me actually think the show was actually ballsy. But no, they they did the safest traitor subplot. It's, I mean, Neil, explain what I'm trying to explain because I, I because I explained this I four times. And it's it's you're it doesn't matter the time. I know what you're saying. Yes, I understand. Yes, a lot of fucking cartoons did this where they went with the safe trope story, okay? Well, I it, it, that. Just, I'm not defending that they did trope stories. 
having no character development is a trope. <laughs> I mean, that's that's what I'm seeing here is that there's no character development at all. There is and character development. There's tons of it. Barely. There's enough of it to know that shit is going. I mean, it's like okay, for one, you don't really know the backstory of any of these characters ever. I mean, you don't really get to know Victor Stone. You don't get to know Dick Grayson. You don't get to know. Yeah, we get to know Dick Grayson, though, right? We, we get later episodes, oh, yeah. later seasons, we get to know Beast Boy's origins. We also get to know. Um, we also get a taste of Starfire's uh, origins yeah, it's in late, it's like four season four, season five. It's way later, though, but there's still plenty of character development that has happened already. It's it, there's a lot of subtext that's going on as well. And when you have not to, when not you make a cartoon, when you make a cartoon with characters kind of simplified at the start and you start developing them, you know that that's also an anchor for people to fill in the gaps as well. And this is this is the thing that is done. Oh, oh, look, look, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna shut you down right here oh. on on this thing. You, you fill in the gaps. I'm sorry, uh, fan. Conjecture makes content not. Not necessarily. Yeah, absolutely, Neil. Come it's, on. Go read the Wikipedia oh. page. It, they're designed to to have kids, you know, to try to emulate them in sort of way and sort of put themselves in their shoes as well. And this is this is a thing. It's done. It happens. But you watch the first episode of Teen Titans. By the end of the episode, you know their fucking characters. You know how they are. A couple more episodes later, you get a little bit more, you know, about their characters, what they are, what they do, how they interact with each other, the team dynamics. It's all there. Yeah, and Robin's the asshole. Everyone else, everyone else are the uh, are the uh, are the pinheads. Yes, I, I got that rather quickly and rather easily. Robin's and you never get that with Tara. <laughs> Tara, uh, Tara has a lot of development because you know with she's in like what eight episodes or something like that. Uh, not eight episodes. I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry. It's not eight episodes. We're talking about building up character before she betrays them. Not not what happened after. Yeah, we have, have their first appearance, which is two or three episodes. Where no, her first appearance was one episode. Let me look at the list here. Her first episodes. Her she first two episodes in her first appearance. Her first appearance is episode sixteen, Terra. Her second appearance is Titan Rising. Her third appearance is Betrayal. Where she betrays them, and then her fourth appearance is Aftershock Part One and Two, where it's about the Titans fighting her back. So I'm sorry, that, that's that. See, I'm sorry, she wasn't built up like you said she was. Where do I find these? Uh, Wikipedia. I'm looking at the list right now. It's time for intermission, boys and girls. Do you like retro shows? Did you grow up in either the 80s or the 90s? Then tune into Telecast GeekCastRadio.com's newest podcast. Join us here on the telecast as we revisit some of your favorite shows, such as Clarissa Explains It All, Salute Your Shorts, Saved by the Bell, and much, much more, only on GeekCastRadio.com. I am TFG1 Mike, and you should be listening to my very first podcast, the TFG1 Podcast. 24 episodes covering the entire U.S. run of the 1984 Transformers cartoon. I also have a few supplemental episodes and an interview with Stan Bush. I bring in guest hosts who will be full-time co-hosts in Steve Megatron and fan of the show now co-host Pecan Court Michael. So check out the TFG1 podcast. You can find it on iTunes and the web at www.geekcastradio.com. Transform and roll out. Let's talk about the... And like I said, the one thing that that just drives me mad is the whole winking to Robin. I mean, it's a, what's the most Robin winkery episode here, uh, Neil? That you want to attack next? Oh, uh, God, I'm drawing up here. Um, I don't know what what was a good. There are no good ones. 
<laughs> well, we we mentioned the Tyler Durden episode. Oh, the Tyler right. Durden episode. That one. That, we, that, we, Funny thing, I was calling it that one too. <laughs> that episode, that too. He goes all Tyler Durden Fight Club style. Well, what I love is just like a few episodes after that is the episode where Beast Boy gets covered with chemicals, and the thing is, you can actually see how the tr- team treats two characters in very similar situations. Where with Robin, they're all kind and understanding. With Beast Boy, they're like Gestapo grilling him. It, or how about the um. Oh, I'm trying to remember. What was the episode that introduced Kitten? Kitten? Oh, God. Oh, the uh, Date with Destiny, the episodes. Yes! That, now, there's a very wanky fan. See, see the, thing, the thing is, Robin could come off as a real great character in the episode if, if yeah, okay, he went on this date with this girl and he, and he, and he, was, and he played the really nice, cool guy, and then, and then you know, the, the, the city is saved and he just walks <laughs> off and a date's over. But no, they, they had to play off in this really stupid angle because, you know... I don't see how that could have been played out in any other way. Uh, 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 Robin being a nice guy in an episode, I would I would call bullshit. Nice somebody who's threatening that's, other people. That's yeah. That's that's not even fucking possible. You, you, know? you know, let's let's also talk about uh, let's also talk about Apprentice. Uh, this this episode was terrible. I, I I can't believe they ended the season on this. And and actually, I know why they got another season because Sam Register was the VP of Cartoon Network and he got to write his own checks. Uh, <laughs> This episode, I mean, you, you have you have the writers. The writers, it's a purposefully ripping off the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movie and in the Empire Strikes Back for dialogue and, sto- and and visual and visual memes. And it comes off it comes off as something a fan fiction writer does. This is not unique to Teen Titans whatsoever. This happens in every fucking cartoon in existence. Somebody's ripping off somebody somewhere. And with children's shows or for the younger ages, yes, it happens a lot more often. That doesn't make it right and that doesn't make it good. It doesn't, but you can't single out a single show. We're talking about a single show. Of course I'm going to talk about it when we're talking about this. out for problems that are inherent of that genre of cartoons. No, no other cartoons I ever saw and enjoyed did this. Cartoons Still, that are bad do this. In yes, of course, duh. And cartoons that are good do this too. No, they don't. I've never seen a cartoon that was good it, have like, to resort to a visual meme. Then just... you don't. Then you don't watch a lot of uh, of cartoons. You you couldn't have. You honestly couldn't have, or you just don't like things. <laughs> um, you really don't. Oh, you're, you're like this curmudgeon elitist. I'm not an elitist. Jesus Christ. Well, that was the entire essence of running a podcast. Well, especially the animation. Because <laughs> I only hear about things you absolutely hate, <laughs> you absolutely love, and there's no fucking middle ground for you guys. It, it just, you know, it just doesn't seem like that. I, I'm not trying to pick on you guys, but it's like you, you really take the extremes. Is What, what I, was the last episode you listened to? I don't remember. <laughs> so, so you have an argument based on based on memory that that has no solid facts. It's a sort of like between Teen Titans. It's but still yeah. true. It's like every single episode I have heard you guys with is like it's typically extremes. Uh, it's it's especially when you're arguing things that are inherent of a lot of cartoons like this. And I want to say, in spite of everything you guys bring up as a as a negative, and I and I will concede to some of them are are fair negatives. This show is still enjoyable. It st- show is enjoyable to many people. I mean, that, that, you know, you know what's enjoyable to many people. Uh, if they, it wasn't. You know. WWE is enjoyable to many people. Yes, oh, and, you're gonna and, rag on WWE? No, no. Here we go. Here we go. Yes, fair oh, point, brother. You do not want to go down that road. If you're gonna, <laughs> you're gonna defend the, you're gonna defend, you're gonna defend the, uh, the McMahon show. I'm going to say this. I'm not, not a wrestling fan, 
But obviously, there are people that are wrestling fans. I've seen some yeah. great matches. There's some really talented, but I, I don't, I, I don't agree I with that statement. But... Start, and those guys are pretty athletic. Those are some of these yeah, guys are I mean, really athletic. Despite it's being, a, it's a soap opera for men. Yes, I, and, yeah, I know. That. And just, we know this. Despite being a really shitty soap opera, they can actually beat each other up fairly the good. The fandom has kind of gone postmodern. <laughs> But, yeah, that's that's actually what I don't like about it. I, I, the marks of old the little old ladies who thought it was all real. <laughs> I do I do appreciate the Macho Man reference, by the way. The, the the point is the point is yeah that's fine. You don't like it. A lot of other people do, and you know what? That's their ratings. They don't give a shit about you because their ratings say people like them. This is a harmful show to any animation medium, I think, because I agree. I, I, I agree because it was successful. It would have gotten another season after season two if the guy wasn't just giving them seasons. They were a good. three-season renewal is rarely done, never I, done in animation before or since. I said after the fir- first two seasons, on its merit alone, the first two seasons are very strong, and it would have gotten another season, at least another season, on its own. And when I was watching all of these, and even going through the last last season here, I didn't quite get to the last episode here or the movie, and I'm not going to talk about the movie because I didn't see it. But the the writing is is it's it's not as good as it was in most places. Um, it's tightened up here and there. I thought it was a lot stronger when they were starting to actually do more storylines. Uh, though the the little silly quirky episode was still fun here and there. And, and they was they knew what they wanted to do. It seemed that's what it came across to me. They had the Raven storyline that was really cool for. Uh, Almost about a season or whatever. This sort of constant thing that was going on, it gave it a little bit more structure. In essence, the writing get, did get a lot better, despite being a little bit more tropey or or this the simple uh, techniques. Yes, it was still really awesome. But I enjoyed this cartoon, and if I had the money, I would buy it on DVD because it's that fun. It's enjoyable. In spite of its feelings. Same thing with, like, My Little Pony. It has a lot of problems with it. But it's still fucking enjoyable and fun. Why do you watch shit? Because you like it! So, there you go. If it's not your thing, like wrestling is not your thing, who cares? It's not for you, then! That is one of the worst... Not your... So, in the end, you appeal to subjectivism. Uh, well, honestly, all things are subjective. No, no, they're not. No, they're part not. Of, no, they're part, not. Of, part of artwork is your is half of what half of what of art half of art is the individual audience or the audience the individual within the audience's reaction to said art. Whether you're talking about a painting, uh, in an installation, in a gallery, a television show, or a song. Uh, let me let me let me stop you right there. Uh, there are ways to measure art. Uh, yeah, let me put it this way. Let me let me have a, a good have thirty a seconds. Okay. Let me have a good thirty minutes here. And thirty seconds. Pardon me. Thirty seconds. Let me explain. Uh, you can ex- you can judge a, a storyline and how s- story is written by very objective, uh, you know, measurements like how well does the story flow? Does it go a a to b to c? How are the characters developed? How much time does the character have? Things like that. Is there any plot holes? These are very objective measurements. Animation right. has very objective measurements as well. What is the in-between rate? The tween rate? What? Uh, what? What is? Uh, how many colors are they capable of using? What's the total tween rate of the whole show? How many in-betweens do they use for the whole show? How many keyframes do they use in the whole show? These are very objective measurements. You can't say that a cartoon is completely subjective. That's impossible. No, these no, no. Things you're, are, you're these right. things are measured. No, your reaction to it is subjective, though. Right. And we're right. talking about we're talking about four people's reactions 
to the same series. Mm-hmm. Two of people with a overall more positive and enjoyed it. Two people who vehemently disagree or did not and vehemently did not like it. And we all have or bring our we all bring our own perspectives to the table when we sit down and watch this show and discuss it. And then let, me, let me just say for the record, for the record, and I've said this on many episodes in the past, I wanted to come in wanting to like this show. I wanted to come in to like this show. And I really did. I really tried hard to make myself like the show, but I couldn't. I really couldn't. And and, fine. and I the thing is, I, I, I came into X-Men Evolution wanting to hate is- that show, but I found out it's one of the best things Marvel Animation ever did and since. So really? even even better than the, the 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 original original Pride of the X Men. Well, Pride of the X Men is a completely different topic altogether. It has the Sunbow team and it has a Toei Animation. Come on. Yeah, and it's got that song that just drills itself right into your skull and stays there. Yeah. Especially yeah. if you played that six uh, player arcade game. But yeah, but welcome to die. Then, <laughs> You, you do have a point. There, there are objective, technical aspects to art. That is true. And Teen Titans but, fails in all but, of them. But the the point of art and storytelling is Yoko Ono selling an apple that she bought for twenty five cents or five thousand dollars. Yes, I know. Let me then again. Let's go. Let me because something you guys mentioned that I honestly okay. There's I've heard that there's I keep on hearing that it's a really good series. Um. And, uh, you know, animation and frame rate or whatever. But if you want to talk about another series that you guys mentioned, Ren and Stimpy, I still can't. I honestly have a, I don't know, just a personally violent reaction to where I don't want to look at it. So I can't even watch an entire episode. Whenever I see um, uh, Spumco animation, it's the same thing. It's just something in their character designs just grates on me. And I and that's how my reaction is to it. But it's almost a it's almost an instinctive thing for me. You know, I'm not going to defend John Chris Felucci any much here, but he is one of the few people that really did uh, revolutionize how animation is done in the United States. And I know and I accept that. I mean, um, the great- uh, like I said, I'm not going to defend the guy. And Rand Stimpy is actually pretty high on my Faux 25 list. The Faux 25 being 25 cartoons that I think are unfairly praised. So, so I, I, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be a John Chris Felucci defender here, but. <laughs> But a lot of the techniques, is, at least at how he sent things overseas, revolutionized how cartoons up to this day are done now, and that that's just a, that's just the fact of how it's done. And and you know to look at to look at Teen Titans, Teen Titans, uh, you know the animation is kind of stiff in to, to where there really isn't any sense of fluidity because you know they, they they have two cheats. They have they have the they have the silhouette on a on a uh, horizontal plane cheat. They have the they have the uh, two the two still slides cheat. And every time I see this cheat, I'm like, oh oh boy, here's this cheat again. I, I don't see anything dynamic because they use because they use them like crazy when when you talk about the the Japanese animation or anime techniques to do this. Those were done sparingly and for very specific dramatic effect versus being done over and over again multiple times in every episode. Again, it depends on the anime. Yeah, I, I completely disagree with that. It depends highly on the anime you're referencing because anime abuses anime techniques, believe it or not. Um, you just have to find which ones to point as an example. You okay, know, point you, at one. Point at one that, that, that does it as much as Teen Titans. I could probably tell you, like... Boys uh, B. Few, I can probably find some. Yeah, a few... Uh, my point is, 
it's you it's not you're you're again you're making broad sweeping strokes again i want to go back to my point that i never got to finish okay oh sorry uh, i was saying yes there are technical and objective components to art but the point of art is not so much for yourself it's for how people react to it which is 100 percent subjective whether or not somebody's you know like something it's 100 percent subjective whether or not you are going to like it but you know what we're not arguing against that because oh, fine. And, what, and what it seems to be is, is that we're Go ahead. You don't. It's it's the story. The, you know the story's there. The characters are there. I very much enjoy this, and it was a great surprise and and highly enjoyable for me to go back and watch all these Teen Titan episodes. Sixty fucking episodes I've watched, and you know it, there's a bit of nostalgia there. I admit that that helps me enjoy them a lot more, um, and I'm probably a little bit more forgiving because it is a much older show. Much but, older. It's not even a decade old. I think the final argument is um, is the old Game Pro magazines. Do you remember how they also have that final scale, part of the scale of being the fun factor from one to five? I never read Game Pro magazine, so no. I read Game Pro. I hated Game Pro. <sighs> not, not one issue. Not... No, there's just some. There's completely anal bastard. Damn it. Um, was other things they'd rank the overall game. Fez, he's going, he's trying to help your argument, Fez. I like they were saying the, this is why I'm I'm just using this as an analogy. Um, there are, like you can say, objective factor that you can measure in some degree on a video game. But then they always have that fun factor to say, having taken all these factors, and it might be a two on this, a three on this, a four on this, but what was the overall fun that you had while you'll have while while playing it? And does that make it worth the purchase price? Um that, and, and I think that's part of what the argument is, is who had the higher fun factor out of watching it, mm-hmm. despite whatever flaws and or including whatever good th- things they did right. Things that they did right, um characters original characters like Control Freak, who was bloody hilarious. Um, what they did with uh, with Mad Mod, having Malcolm McDowell, McDowell even voice him. <laughs> yeah, you know, like 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 uh, a lot of the characters that just kind of show up for like a few scenes. It's like uh, just how they put the characters together. Yeah, they may be simple, but you know what they're all about, and that's the important thing as far as telling the story. What is this character like? You know. Well, I, let me let me let me uh, let me uh, add something here that would actually show the the. The downside to that, uh, you watched the last episodes of Teen Titans, didn't you guys? I did not see it yet. You know, I the, didn't you, to get to it. Okay, you know the, the mute guy with the curly blonde hair named uh, Jericho? Yeah. He's Slade's son. Hmm. See, and in the comics, that was really built upon. And you think if they're going to have a character like that in this show where they had like three seasons of, of Slade being an antagonist, oh, right, they, right. they would do something with that. But no, oh, oh, here he is. And we're not going to even talk about what his backstory is, even though that would have actually been interesting and, you know, interesting versus, oh, here's this guy and he can possess people. For those uh, later, more adult-oriented seasons. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and I do concede that there are bad choices. Again, you're nitpick. You're, you're not nitpicking, but you're picking out individual instances. Cherry picking. It's cherry. not ch- cherry picking. I, I can. It's, 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 it's a whole fucking barrel. And I'm just pointing out the one, the biggest apple on the top. Okay. It's 65 episodes, five different seasons, and, and you're cherry picking certain parts of certain episodes. Uh, uh, every time I, they try I've to do a talking, big. I've been talking sweeping. I've been talking general. I've been talking overall. Overall, this is a very enjoyable show. My fun factor for this is very, very high. 
because I had fucking fun. I loved Puffy Yumi because it was fucking ridiculous. It was like, it reminded me of Two Stupid Dogs. Another great show, which was fucking ridiculous. That's an insult to Two Stupid Dogs to compare that stupid <laughs> Flash animation to to, to, to it, even Hanna-Barbera. Oh my it, god, you insulted Hanna-Barbera. How dare you? Different. It was fun and different at a time in which we needed something fucking different. I, I didn't really like the Superman cartoon. It was kind of over the top and, you know, super serious and, and ultimately boring because it's like, yes, we get it. It's been done before. Oh, hey, what's this shiny, flashy, bouncy thing over here that's just fucking ridiculous? I'm going to watch that. Also, I was a, I was a big, big couch potato, so I'd watch a lot of things. It would take me a lot to turn something off, but I did enjoy Puffy Yumi for what it was. And you that's know, the, what... uh, the only reason I think that Puffy Yumi got to do the theme song for Teen Titans and got their own show for three seasons because uh, Sam Register, uh, yeah. Yep, and I don't care. I think I think they were, they, yeah, they were they were pretty much I think contracted to be a tie-in for you know the burgeoning anime market at the time. Well, I think Sam Register. I mean, I don't think they I, something else. Have they even uh, have they even um, appeared at convention in recent years? No, because they got a little too old. That's why he fired them because because he he, he contracted them for something else. I think if you know what I mean. Uh-huh. Conjecture, <sighs> conjecting again, Ben. <laughs> well, let, let's talk. Let's, but, talk about, but I do... let's talk about the episode oh, Apprentice because I. Really well, can don't... I can I can add in one, one last point here? Is that I I get a feeling that the argument is that the cartoon is enjoyable for the people who like it. And that comes off as a bit tautological to me. I mean, we're, we're not even arguing against that. It's obvious that that's what cartoon is made for. It's made for or people who enjoy really. it, and it's made it's made for making money. And we agree to that, okay. but we can still critique it on its own merits. Oh, certainly. And, and, the, and the one thing the one thing that I have to agree with Neil on about this is is you know what Neil came in pretty fresh. I mean, Neil has only seen about four episodes of the show before a month ago, and Neil came in pretty fresh. And Neil, you know, rolls his eyes at me sometimes about my about my uh, about my own prejudices. And I watched the show with Neil. I have his I have his screams recorded on tape. So 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 screams? there were screams. It's a, Why isn't a, a, that a podcast? Wow. <laughs> It'll it'll be the screams of, of screams of bullshit. This is bullshit. I mean, and like I said, the the, the wow. I only had one bullshit moment, just okay. one. And it's like, yes, we can. Uh, I'll go back and uh, you know, Neil. Yes, of course. Yeah, I understand what you're saying now, and, and and I'll concede there's a lot of faults to it, but I think that there's a lot of good to it as well. Now, I only had one bullshit moment out of the entire series, except it sounds like I'll probably have a bullshit moment for a lot of the last episode, which I have not seen yet. And the bullshit moment was fucking Cyborg's soul. I was like, what the fuck is this shit? Look, look, like the, the thing is this. Like I said. It's not just me. It's not just Neil. There are tons of people that both Neil and I know that have these opinions. And the thing that amazes me, the thing that amazes me about this, though, about the podcast, and of course this podcast that I was invited on to help out with Fest was, is you guys have put a lot more passion into not liking the show than. Me and Fest have into liking it. I, I don't know. <laughs> passion in here. <laughs> I, don't, I cobbled together my notes at the very last minute. So. Well, let, let, let me put let me put it this way. Let me put it this way. I have for years had to debate with Teen Titans fans on various message boards, and these fans have have a way of 
creating scenes out of thin air that didn't exist for the purpose of, of, of debate and by saying, oh, there, there was a scene that explained this whole plot hole. And I'm like, no, there wasn't. You made that up. And and there were five other people that would say, oh, yeah, this scene exists. This scene totally exists. And it doesn't. And th- that really showed me what the fans were like, at least on certain message boards, the fans were like this. <laughs> and take, for instance, the, the episode Apprentice that has – huge huge plot holes huge absolutely humongous there's there's a there's this scene where where you know the the, the nanites are shot into the other titans and the, the the this it's like this weird little machine gun thing that pops out of a boat to shoot them at it right yeah okay and then in the next episode apprentice part two you know number one the the first time slade ever uses those nanites his plan's over because as soon as that the nanites go off once, the Titans would know that there's something wrong with their body and the Slade's whole trump card is gone. Because once they know there's something in their body, are they going to like let that stay in there for decades? Yes, I, I do concede. There are some sort of, uh, you're an idiot uh, moments as well. Um, like in the last season where they know that Brother, no, whatever the, uh, the Davros is, is trying to uh, track. His name is The Brain. Okay, fine. Dalek brain, whatever. The brain. No, the brain. It's Mala yeah. and the brain. It's the fucking Dalek. Look at this. It's it's so a fucking Dalek. <laughs> anyway, it's the... It's you, like, you, no. you don't even know the name of the character and you like the show. Look oh, look at the character's design and tell me it's not a fucking Dalek, okay? Moving on. The point <laughs> is, is that they know that they're trying to track the Titans, and yet I was like, Robin, aren't you, like, gonna... You, you changed, like, all the coding in, in, the, in, the, in the thing, right? Right? Um... You know they're tracking it. You 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 know it's you know. So that part of the that was okay. That's a second bullshit moment that Robin didn't fix the fucking communicators to not be tracked by these assholes. Didn't change the code or the wavelength or anything. And it's like you're a fucking idiot, okay? But I understand why that was done because you know you know because they're trying to get to this one point. Uh, but the problem one, the problem is if you have to make characters have what's called plot induced stupidity to reach a point, it <laughs> is a badly written story. You can't say oh they had to be stupid just to get the plot to get to this point if the writers have to have to force a square peg into a round hole to get the story to a point that doesn't mean oh kudos to the writers for making this character stupid for a moment can we send this memo to jj abrams absolutely (laughs) (laughs) i i I, I agree with that to the point uh what what, what point you either agree or disagree you have to be objective about this i'm telling you it is a very bad plot device to do that but that doesn't mean the entire plot device shit. It's a plot hole. It doesn't mean it doesn't mean that it's an entirely bad story. Uh, it kind of does. If the whole story hinges on one character being out of characterly stupid for the sake of the plot, it's it is a bad hinged. story. It's not hinged on it. It's not latched onto it. It's okay, not... okay. If that if that thing was changed, could the story still reach that point with everything else going that way? Yes, yes or no? Yes, it would be possible, yes. They'd have to come up with something else, but see, yes. Uh, see, possible. you said they had to come up with something else, not that they – I said with everything else staying the same, and yet you had to add that addendum. So the answer is the writers chose not they to write have... around it. They chose to write right. through it. But yes, it could have happened. Just, 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 it's, just it's like, just like was... uh, Michael Bay writes through, uh, writes through uh, Chicago. What? Or was that Chicago in Transformers Three? I believe it was. Yeah, because they had to shut down parts of this. That I, I didn't that. watch any of the Transformers <laughs> movies after this. 
after the commercials for the second one. I I, I saw a uh, couple of racist caricatures and you're posing as robots, and I decided I was not going to give uh, Michael you, you Bay my guy, eight dollars. You saw the gold too. You tell the guy that voices SpongeBob to do whatever the hell he wants. What do you expect? But moving on. Uh, That's but moving on. Can the, I show uh, SpongeBob yet? Can I? Yes, you can. Can I jump in here really quick and uh, just going back to the to the passion argument? Um. Yeah, we are a little bit passionate about this, but sometimes when you see something that you don't like, you see a lot of people praising it, <laughs> you do tend to get passionate. And I'm going to, I'm going to jump to an example, and I know this is an extreme example. I'm not saying that the that the extremity of this is analogous, but a lot of modern wrestling fans are like, I don't care if Chris Benoit murdered his his whole family. I still love he's still my favorite wrestler. And that's the sort of thing, even if I'm not passionate about wrestling today, that gets me passionate because that pisses me off. And again, that's not that's not the same level of extremity as this show, so I'm not going right. to say that. But can't you just but it's, separate, it's just an analogy. Can't you just separate Benoit the wrestler from Benoit the murderer? Can't you just separate that? You you can to a, you can do that in Bullshit to a point, let me finish talking. To a point, you can. You can, you can admit uh, somebody's greats, uh, but, but you, you can't separate them. You can admit their greats, but you also have to really acknowledge their faults. You can, you can, say, you can say that the product that they created, i.e. the performances that he, that he was filmmaking, were something you can enjoy while still saying that the person had very deep problems, obviously, that right. led to an ultimately tragic demise. Right, right, right. And in fact, you can say the same thing about you can say the same thing about Corey Haim or or um, H. P. Lovecraft, I guess. H. P. Lovecraft was a racist. I know, but he still was a great writer. Yeah, they, they were. Like, you read his stories, and it's like, wow, these are like really amazing and and strange and weird. But uh, and oddly, the way he used the way he used words often, especially the uh, poetry within the prose. And of course, you can also say this. And 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 if another racist, which was and also had a tragic end, um, Robert E. Howard. Who created Conan and Solomon Kane? Those stories are just pure badassery. But then you're also going to say, well, the person who wrote this, and then, then every once in a while inside the story, they'll just come this one stumbling block. And you got to say, yeah, product of the times. Uh, mama's boy. Uh, okay. Uh, speaking of Mama, Neil. What? Oh. What was the name of that episode? Mama May I? Mother May I. Oh, Mother May I. Mother May I. Oh, God. Oh, that was a creepy, fun episode. That was a, yeah, that was a bit fucked up. That so was, I, that I, was, I do want to admit you guys are as villainous on this show. That they I did a lot of blam episodes. What was that, Fez? I was going to say that you guys aren't as villainous as I thought you guys were going to be on this episode. <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, the way that you guys were playing it up, because it's like I was watching these shows and I constantly couldn't find a... Anything How did you not know the romping-sized problem? I, I, that's the thing that baffles me. I don't see a romping-sized problem. I just hear that everything that I'm bringing up, and you're like, no, we have something special planned. It's like, what the heck? I'm, I'm wondering what kind of tree you guys got stuck up your butt about something. But, you know, you're not, you know, you're actually being, you know, not as villainous as I thought you were going to be, because he's still not convincing me that it was enough to make it a bad show. But, yeah. I'm still not convinced that, uh, that, Praising the worst character in the show is is a bad. The writers idea. praising him and the characters praising him. That he's the main character and he's treated as, as though he's always right and yet he's a jerk. Yeah, Robin's kind of a Mary Sue kind of character. He's not my favorite. My favorite characters were, I think, I think it was uh, Tara and Raven. I think they were my favorite characters. 
Uh, you know, Tom. I really can't fault you for that because they were the more interesting of the two characters. At least you didn't say Starfire because then you'd be defending because then you would be praising the uh, abused spouse. Well, Starfire herself is a fun character, but she wasn't my favorite character. I don't abuse spouse. I'm th- trying to remember that long ago about what it was, and I think Raven ultimately was my favorite character of the main. Um, but then, you know, Terra was my favorite character because there was just enough of her for me to like about her because, you know, you know, watching it when you're younger. Um, Dude, you, you saw just, that after you were in, after you were out of high school. I'm not that mature, am I? Um, if you've listened to the shows, um, yeah, I'm very immature. So, and, and I understood a lot of things of where terror was coming from, the things that she was having to deal with. You know, I've seen people like that. You know, they're not badly written people. I mean, that's just how fun, <laughs> that's just how teens are. I've, you know? seen, you know, I've seen people who I would call badly written people. I mean, there are entire websites about people who are badly written people. We're not talking. Well, wait, wait, wait. Are we talking about characters or live live people? people. Talking about actual people, you know. I'm talking, I'm talking about, about actual, actual people, people that would be a, if they were a fictional character. This person would be a badly realized character. Yes, yes. In, in, fact, in fact, in fact, as Harry Potter said, you could show everything about this guy's life, and and someone would say you're trying too hard. Oh no. <laughs> You know, and I would I would argue that most teenagers are badly written. They are just so self. I, I think Neil got my reference there. No, I have no idea what you're talking about. But um, it's, no, it's, it's, it's special. He just had a birthday, actually. And I think part of the reason why a lot of people, at least on the TV series, liked Tara is because there was just enough about her, especially as far as a relatable character that's kind of on the outside. Um, and then, of course, you do see your and then you sympathize with Tara because you see that she's obviously being manipulated, at least from the audience's point of view. And then you got these other people that just don't trust her, obviously, and, and, and for good reason, of course. But, you know, they also react like teens towards her, you know, try, you know. They, they they do what they, they, they can to try to give her a little slack. And then, you know, the, the whole not being able to trust somebody. Teens deal with this a lot. I mean, it was the, the second appearance of Terror was a well-written, I would argue, a well-written story arc because it, it was so relatable to teens. Things I've seen firsthand, things I've fucking lived through as far as dealing with people, trying to decide whether or not you're supposed to trust somebody or trying to gain somebody. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, you are not going to convince me that a fucking teen tied up episode is written to the point where it could be considered the poster child of the runaway hotline i'm sorry no i'm not talking i didn't didn't say that at all i'm saying from (laughs) things that i've seen and personally experienced it was a great story arc and it really reflected teens that i've known things that i've seen as a teen and things i've experienced as a teen especially when in retrospect you look at your i look at my life as a teen when retrospect and i go boy i was a fucking idiot as a teen and so was everybody else because yes they are okay not all of them i've I've met a few teens that are really really smart and i really really like them but you know looking at a lot of teens are stupid but what i was as much as you and as much as you guys complain about Robin, like I was, I was saying, he is the Batman of that series. Batman was and never Batman, and, 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 and so as Robin, you know, he's he's from his parents killed, must brood. That's kind of in where you're talking about. Well, that's I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Hate him. Whenever Batman's been that badly, 
Starfire for putting up with that or being attracted to him. You're also gonna have to say the same thing about Catwoman and uh, no, no, I'm sorry, like, I'm sorry, Quinn I'm or people <laughs> or Talia who are very much the same way towards Batman. I'm sorry, I have to disagree with you. Whenever Batman is written that overpowered or that is always right but still an asshole, I say no. Neil says no. The most people are willing to say no. It, you can't just say it's oh it's the Batman effect, so it's okay. You can't do that because when it happens to Batman, I'm not okay with it. Yeah, there are different versions of Batman, and likewise, yeah. this is a version of Robin, and I don't like this version. No, he's, but, he's uh, a strong version, especially not for uh, uh, Dick Grayson. It's and not really a Dick getting, Grayson. Getting back to Tara, I mean, what I was saying is that working up to up to the betrayal, I didn't feel the issue was very developed. If she had gotten the sort of development that Starfire had gotten, where we had like a long time to like yeah. really relate to her. Then that would have been awesome. I, I just, I just. Didn't it was really... safe. It was totally safe. Yeah. It was safe because the writers were unwilling or unable to write a, a sixth character interacting with the team in more than one episode. They... I mean, the whole the whole sucker punch here is that she's part of. Well, she's supposedly part of the team, and that you get to know her and like her, and uh, and then she betrays them and shows her true colors. It happened so quickly that that just kind of fell flat. That, that connection is never created, except for a very few people. Some people can create that connection very quickly, more than so than others. But the, the whammy isn't there. There is no whammy. It, it's it's she it, was struggling. Obviously, yeah. it was obviously obvious to the audience easily that she was struggling with this. Even towards the end, she didn't know what to do. Like a lot of people don't know what to do in situations like that. You're it's, talking about the story, not about the execution. I'm talking. We're talking about the execution. How, okay, you're talking about you're not talking about the story, but you're talking about the execution, which is the story. The story is there in the execution. It's there. It existed. I just watch, I watched the episodes. Not no, 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 no. The execution of a story and the story itself are very, very two different things. Let's say that let's say that I want to have us make a movie about let's say that's where I was going to go about yeah. say a guy that uh, that a police officer that has to consult with uh, with an evil psychiatrist in jail. Okay, I made I made Manhunter. Okay, let's say I want to do it again, but instead I get I get uh, I get two I get two actors. I get Ed Norton and I get uh, Anthony Hopkins. So I get the, I get Red Dragon. They're the same story, very different movies. Same exact story, different movies. Same ex- you know, same story, different execution. That's what I'm talking about. Okay, I, I see what you're saying now. And um, okay, in that sense, could it have been better? Absolutely, a lot of things could have been better. I really enjoyed what was there. I wanted more of Terra and Teen Titans. Absolutely. So, so uh, your argument is, it was is, is I could I, your argument is I can obviously see how they could do better, but eh. No, no, I didn't say eh. I said it was good. It could have been a lot better. I very much enjoyed it. Yes, I would have liked a lot more. Also, Teen Titans tagline: Teen Titans could be a lot better. Yeah, but not bad, <laughs> is what I'm saying. You, you know, I. I, I you know, I think it's a product of everybody gets a trophy uh, uh, generation. That, you know what? Could could have been a lot better, but okay. Um, it, it did its job. I very much enjoyed it. I, uh, You're talking about like it's a missile. Oh, it did its job. It delivered. I am very dissatisfied by cartoons that do not do their job. They depopulated I, the area. We want to depopulate. And 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 I thought the the I mean with with five seasons sixty five episodes sixty four I've seen I would say the series, I would say the series is a great series because you can't use the number of episodes or seasons as proof because once again Sam Register Vice President Cartoon Network we're looking we're looking at yeah. it doesn't matter 
Did we have there's, there's 64 episodes that I've watched. Uh, there are at least at least one big bullshit moment that I had out of 60. The percentage there alone from my enjoyment of the series of how good I thought the series was and all the other little complaints weren't weren't enough for me to hate that many other episodes i maybe disliked a few episodes but i didn't really hate any episodes i I hated a couple of moments and that was it per capita the the overall enjoyment of the series is still great so Uh, if the tides was a nation it'd be it'd be uh greece right now i'm gonna bring up a a point about the episode number is that i mentioned this to you before ben is that 65 is the magic number for uh syndication syndication. dinosaurs got 65 episodes yeah it seems like when when this show got renewed for three more seasons that was an an investment to put it into syndication because it could it could exist on on uh boomerang forever yeah because dinosaurs the 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 abc uh you know jim henson studios show was tanking after the second season and they still got it up to uh, four seasons just so they could get that number 65 because because abc and in Disney and in Jim Henson Studios poured so much money into it, they at least wanted a return on the investment. I loved Dinosaurs. That what? show tanked in the ratings. I fucking loved it. I don't know what you guys were talking about. I don't, I don't know what the numbers were either. Well, I do, and I'm telling you, it tanked. It, it do, it, and it doesn't hold up to the memories, personally. But yeah, it I, doesn't. It doesn't. The, the, that'd, but, that'd be but, honestly, well, honestly, well, then again, also, at the time, though, basically, since they were ripping off The Simpsons... Actually, The Simpsons had a commentary... The gate, they they did a, I mean, good God, there was that I'm the baby, gotta love me. That was a meme. Uh, well, yeah, it's Kevin yeah. Clash singing. God, the baby. But, I hated the baby. But, 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 the, but what I love about that <laughs> Simpsons episode where the Simpsons made fun of dinosaurs, on the commentary track for that, the executive producer of the episode of The Simpsons said, this joke makes no sense now because nobody remembers dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, but like I said, you can't, the number sixty five is a magic episode, and yeah, dinosaurs was tanking in the ratings. But ABC and and uh, Jim Henson Studios and Disney poured so much money into it as the initial investments, they had to like at least get up to syndication numbers just so they could say, oh, now it's syndicated. Now we can at least recoup the money over a course of five years. I don't and some I... shows. Some shows, this wasn't the case with Teen Titans, some shows will just make the additional episode to build it up, and then they won't even air it in the original running. They'll just make the extra syndication. So that's that's how much of a priority that is. I mean, uh, let's talk about Gilligan's Island in popularity, Neil. I guess I don't, I don't, oh, see, uh, I, I don't see, you know, 65 episodes, okay, that means something to some people. I'm talking strictly as per capita, and, and again, going back to the enjoyment. And then also I would say as far as the technical things, as far as, you know, Bad, bad writing here and there, some plot holes as well. Overall, I don't think it detracts from uh, the overall end product when you look at per capita. The majority of, I would say, at least 90%, 80-90%. You, know you, you remind me of, Fez? Do you ever watch uh, Kitchen Nightmares? The what? Kitchen Nightmares. Never heard of it. It's a show Gordon Ramsay goes to. Gordon a Ramsay, yeah, when he goes and there, there's this episode called line. There's this episode where they go to, he goes to a restaurant in Louisiana called Zeke's, and the guy running it is like is is talking about the food by by saying yes it's frozen yes it's microwave but it's not bad product it's it's we're moving product it's portion control product 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 and and, and your whole talk about per capita and stuff like that is reminding me of how this guy talks about you know about food and stuff being product it's a cartoon not per product and all this you know. I don't. I don't. I don't see. I don't see my my reasoning being a fault here. My 
you know, it, 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 you know, the first two seasons I very much enjoyed. It was starting to get a little iffy during the season three, but it was still good. Like, my little pointy, I'm going to bring up once again. Season one, excellent. Loved it. Season two, the writing is weaker. It just is. Are and you talking about Are you talking about the 80s, My Little Pony? I think he's talking to MLP. Yeah, because um, yeah, the 80s one was weak from the very start. Yeah, <laughs> But at least it had the first season Actually, with Toei Animation, at least. Not even the first season. It was like the first episode and everything after the take. Oh, damn it. Um, but that's, that's the thing. You know, this happens a lot of shows after it has that really successful first season. Um, sometimes the writing dives for a reason. Now, My Little Pony right now is still good, but there's way more plot holes in it and, and little inconsistencies. And, and and actually, I recognize, oh, this is going to be a this type of lesson learned episode way quicker than I did in a lot of the season one episodes. And But does it make them overall bad? No, they're still enjoyable for what they are. Um, they're not as good, not at all, as, as season one. Um and and that's that's my point. When you when you put them all together, does it get worse or does it get better? But is it overall still good? That's what I'm is saying. Is anybody doing a Ask Slade Tumblr? I think I got a side project I need to take up. No, well, you, well, let me let, let's wrap up this show because this is almost epic length, Neil. So uh, so let's uh, let's wrap this up. Uh, I think we've all made our own cases here. I'll let the listeners decide. But uh, overall. I think the show is still ass, and you can't, you know, per capita, you know, uh, you know. We're not uh, going to convince you. You, you. you know, per euro rate, exchange what? rate, I, I'm not listening to any of that bull. It's a Neil, you? I'm sorry, what? Neil, what, what's your take on this? Final reaction. Oh, yeah, this this show, I think we brought up a lot of points about, about just the direction that they took this show and just how they really did not have a plan overall as to what this show was going to be or what even Slade was up to. They, I, I just, <laughs> I don't think I just had don't... With the source material. The source material had a very obvious plan. Just but... like, yeah. He's just like, I have a plan. And yet he's, it's just like, I'm going to take over the world. And that's all it was. Of course. Like, oh, wow. Well, you know, you know, the eighties, you know what? The, the biggest thing is, uh, I'll let Fez, uh, give his takeaway on this in a second, but, uh, but you know, the whole, whole thing is, is it is awesome that they have Ron Perlman voice Slade, but you know you can't convince me that it's good just because you have Ron Perlman as Slade. And I'll give you the X three example again. X three, Kelsey Grammer's Beast, greatest casting decision in superhero movie history ever. He was in the movie for five minutes, and the movie was still ass. Okay, Fez. Uh, final reactions. Uh, this is obviously a show you're gonna love or. Or, or, or hate, or maybe somewhere in the middle. But uh, you're probably not going to convince anybody else to see, well, maybe see their side, but you're not going to make somebody change their their their, uh, their their like or hate of this of this show. Um, it's, especially if you got the nostalgic uh, factor and you grew up with this sort of There thing. is no nostalgia factor for the animation aficionados. <laughs> no, no. And I, I do also have to say, you guys are the first two people I've ever met that don't like Teen um, uh, you, you've you've you've, you've worked with uh, Eric. Uh, I only know that through you secondhand, and I did not know that before. So therefore, it's unconfirmed. Uh, it's- Tom Revor, he was in the DC Apocrypha episode, and he talked about how much Eighteen Titans. It's on. It's in the archive. Sure, but then it, whenever when I asked on Twitter, I didn't get anybody saying that they hated it. I got tons of people. There were three or four other people that would have been on this show to to be on my side, except you know they weren't available during the time that you guys are going to record. Um, overwhelmingly, 
you know, I, I, I guess, you know, I can kind of see where you're coming from. I, I think you got to yes for people to help defend I, it. I think you, I think you got a tree up your butt, but uh, that's me. That's my take. And Ben, me Ben or the other Ben or you're the other Ben. I am the other Ben. <laughs> like Ben's never addressed himself. <laughs> well, we, we we had Ben Heck on. That was not near as confusing. But go ahead, Ben. I thought he was also one of those guys like in Seinfeld that always refers to himself in the third person. But, um, yeah, I mean, like I said, art tends to be part of the audience or the individual's reaction. Part of, the, part of um, I think, for what it was, it was well written, or it was written enough to get, it was written well enough that the jokes made me laugh, or that a visual gag I would get. Or, um, and you can go to a lot of conventions, and there are still obviously people who did enjoy this because they're dressed up like Starfire. They're dressed up like Raven. There's people who still dress up as Vegeta in Goku. That you, you know, you're not going to convince me that the uh, Dragon Ball is high art because it's not. So, <laughs> in the eighty in the eighties when it originally came out, it was one of the best. Uh, it was one of the best, an- uh, better animated shows at the time. It was, and Dragon... it did define a lot. Unfortunately, what it what it defined the most in uh, other animes were no matter how well they're anima- animated, and just like Naruto and Bleach, you're going to have a lot of people just this battle is going to last how many episodes? And of course, a lot nowadays, a lot more of the um, people dressing with Vegeta are more about the it's over nine thousand meme or or doing ghost Nappa jokes from Team Four Star. Yeah, we just did a Dragon Ball episode about a week ago, so. Ah, okay. That was your fun man. Yes. And but but like I said, you can't you can't use the fact that you, you there are people who cosplay as as really obscure characters. I mean, uh, remember that one cosplay I showed you at that convention deal, the the guy that carried the Fanta? Oh, <laughs> a second reference. Pess oh. has no idea what. The so, guy so got, you, okay, you wait, can't wait, use wait. the fact that you see a cosplayer as a fact that's popular, even though he Chris was. Chan. Yeah, even though he, he was referenced by Sega last month. Well, I would say, um, well, no, I'm saying that this is an obvious that there are people that did love the show as well. You could also, you could probably just ask them what they enjoyed about it, and you might not agree with them, but given that they all, they brought their own personal perspective, like you brought your own personal perspective to the show when you watched it, that's going to influence how you feel about it, what your emotional and intellectual reactions are to it. Which I would argue is the most important part, because that's what they're trying to sell. And if a show isn't enjoyed, well, by all rights, it shouldn't be on the air for all that long. Bureaucratic and behind-the-scenes stuff, you know, considered as well, but in general... If something's not liked, it doesn't stick around for very long. Uh, and, Neil, I mean, I mean, you can, you can. Um, Neil Gilligan's them. Island, really quick. I love Gilligan's uh, Island. Fuck you. No, no. Uh, Gilligan's Island was only canceled because the program director's wife liked Gunsmoke, and so it was swapped out for Gunsmoke. Oh. Otherwise, it would have stayed on the air forever and ever and ever until they died. Yeah. <laughs> so that well, was the, that was the well, Gilligan's no, here, Island. Here's the thing, Fest. Here's the thing you guys didn't realize. They had already died. Are you gonna are you gonna give the whole? Oh, oh, you're making a lost reference. How come oh. in church? <laughs> anyways, anyways, uh, anyways, this is Ben with with TV's Mister Neil. Yes. Oh yeah, and uh, this is Fess from the Webcast Beacon Network. Ooh-la-la! And this is uh, Ben from the other uh, the other Ben uh, from Peter is the Wolf. And we're saying good night. Good night. Good night, everybody. All right, uh, Neil, you can take that booyah out in post, right? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>